it's a hot day outside. Yes, it's, it's nice to see that uh, people traveling out here to just do a little bit of meditation. Yeah. So you guys are old timers. Uh, you know a lot about Buddhism already. Yeah, and it's always nice to kind of sometimes, uh, you know, look at the, the bigger picture of, of, of why we're doing the meditation practice. Yeah, you know, sometimes we come here and we're just meditating to get a little bit of like peace, a little bit of stillness in our lives. Um, but, you know, as, as a Buddhist, we kind of, um, you guys are Buddhists, right? One of those questions that I wouldn't say because <laughs> we don't follow the process or anything. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Appreciate. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so in a sense, there's like a bigger meaning, yeah. a bigger meaning to just uh, being a meditator than just um, attaining some peace and stillness in one one's lives. Yeah. And uh, the bigger goal is is basically to um, to uh, understand understand life and to trans transcend uh, suffering yeah yeah so the end of suffering is the uh, the goal that we are kind of having the back of our minds as practitioners it's not like we're uh, thinking about suffering all the time and if we think about it too many times in one day we just end up getting depressed <laughs> but we do see that there is a uh, there is a uh, kind of like a a a, uh, a non fulfilling aspect uh, to life in a sense where where you know whatever you do or however you build however big you build your monastery or uh, whatever things you achieve in your life um, you know how much meaning does that really hold to a person. So, um, as you know, somebody who like contemplates life and kind of sees like the flaws in it, we're trying to find a way beyond that, and that's sort of like the Buddhist philosophy, trying to get out of the mess <laughs> that we're in, and and um, and that is done through like one of the main practices that's done through the, the meditation, yeah. There's always a meditation. That's how we've been taught uh, by Anjan Brahm. And I was just thinking earlier, like, you know, there's so many books of Buddhism out there. There's like a zillion of them. Uh, the other day, someone gave us a box of books. And I'm like, oh, there's a book written by this person and another book written by this person and another one and another one and another one. And you would think that having all this knowledge would make you a more peaceful person <laughs> or make or make you a more wiser person but then sometimes you think about it it's like reading all these books and having all this understanding does it really you know get you anywhere that far on the path and you know you could argue that some say yes and but some has a good argument saying that it doesn't yeah but it's always good to get a little bit of information but from my personal understanding is that you don't need to have too much information. You don't need to fill your brains with this book or that book, this book and that book, to really become a wise person. 
to make your mind peaceful. Yes. Because we come from a tradition, you know, when you look at it, these great, like the great uh, masters from Thailand, say Ajahn Brahm's teacher, Ajahn Chah, he, um, he just had like a fourth grade, I think, uh, education. And then just living in rural Thailand, you know, these people don't go to university or they don't strive to become like academics. They just living poorly just to survive that day. And their parents could be farmers, so they're just working with the seasons. And their lives are quite simple. And, um, you know, Ajahn Chah, he lived this kind of life. And then he decided to ordain. And he just went to the monasteries where there were a few monks um, teaching the meditation. And he just got a few teachings. He didn't get, like, a whole encyclopedia and all that kind of stuff. Um to be able to make his mind peaceful. Yeah. And the way he made, he made his mind peaceful, back in those days, if you kind of read his, um, his uh, biography, was that he had this, um, like you, have, you have this like yearning as a, meta, as a practitioner, there's a yearning there, you know, like almost like a craving. It's, it's like the crave, the, the craving that leads to the end of craving. So Ajahn Chah's like craving or like serious practitioner's craving is to put effort into the meditation and see what kind of results you can get. Yeah. <laughs> and through the meditation, that's where uh, the understanding, uh, the, the deep insights, that's where they come from. Mm. This is like really, it's kind of like far-fetched. <laughs> you guys are probably don't really understand it. But um, but just like, like another way to put it is, is um, in order to understand the, the Dhamma, right? You need the teachings of the Buddha or you need the Dhamma. And then you need the, uh, the, the meditation to, to be able to use the Dhamma to see it clearly. And the, the meditation um, uh, is looked at in a way where it's considered like real meditation when your mind can go deeply uh, into, the, into the really deep, deep meditations called the jhanas. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the super deep meditations. And only with that kind of like uh, clarity of mind, uh, that power of the mind, combined uh, with the teachings of the Buddha, then we can get those insights that we're kind of yearning for um, as practitioners. So there is, you know, we're doing this for a reason. <laughs> we're doing this for a reason, yeah. But sometimes the reason, the, the reason and the goal is like super far away, and it is true, um, if you ask many monastics or you ask many uh, Buddhists who have practiced this path for a long, long time, and they will probably tell you that it's not an easy path to practice. Yes, you know it's it's easy to be it's easier to be kind, uh, it's easier to be you know generous, caring, giving those things that we can we have 
you know, a little bit more control over in our lives. But it's a lot harder to to tame what we have up here, which is the mind. Yeah. And yeah, I just I've just known a lot of people over the years um, embarking on the the practice of meditation and then you ask them, How's your practice going? <laughs> After ten, fifteen years and you know, they say, Oh, so so <laughs> But that's not to kind of that's not kind of discourage you, but it's also just to let you know that it's not an easy thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, it's not like the meditation is is um, is uh, what is it uh, is wasted. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you think, oh, you know, I've been on this path for like. Five, ten years and I've been doing the meditation and oh I'm not getting anywhere and you feel at the end of the day oh it's just a wasted time that you've that that uh, that's been happening you're not getting anywhere but I think as a practitioner um, in order for us to kind of keep going is to just to look at the areas in our minds where we have seen some benefits from the meditation practice yes and that's ex- as, uh, as as simple as just being able to relax at the end of the day yeah just being able to close your eyes and allow your mind to calm down and allow your body to relax you can actually see the benefits of that and then you go oh okay yeah this uh, meditation is worthwhile doing and then as you continue continue on the path, there's certain ways of seeing things. You can also see it in a way where you can start, start to pick out when you're meditating in your minds those good spots. You know, there's nice places where you can go. And those, those, those things that, those nice places you can go to. When Arjun Brahm talks about the meditation practice, he talks about looking for the, the beauty, like the joy like the serenity in the mind. And, and uh, he's talking about the path. It's like, if you want to move along in this path, this is what you do. You look, at the, you look for the serenity. You look for the joy. You look for that little bit of happiness that you may have in your mind. And you focus on that, and you use that as an understanding that you're actually moving along in, on the path. Yes, because sometimes, yeah, we just really don't know. We really don't know what's at the end. Yeah. It's like, it might sound like a chicken. It might look like a chicken. But when you get to the end, it's not a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what they say with the the deep meditations. They describe it like this and like that. But when you get there, it's like completely different. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah it's kind of yeah just like the few words that I've been saying it's you know sometimes when we're here and we have like um, like a begin beginner meditators and you know they're maybe not ready to hear these kinds of things but the reason why I spoke of it is to just give us um, 
just give us a, a little bit of like motivation, like a little bit of uh, yeah, just a reason to do something when we're meditating. Yeah, and that, sometimes I just think of, of it as that um, when I'm meditating is is every time I meditate, I'm just taking one step forward towards wherever I want to go. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> wherever I want to go. Wherever you guys want to go. I don't know where you guys want to go in your meditation, but wherever you want to go. So the effort that I put in is not wasted. Yeah. It's contributing to something. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you just kind of keep yourself going and not be too... Um, you, don't, you don't have that sense of wanting to give up. Yeah. You just keep on going, in a sense. And, you know, sometimes you might get lucky. And, like, these... Um, you hear the stories about Ajahn Chah, and he would just... They just do crazy practices. Yeah, like sitting for hours and, and living a very austere life and just surviving with the elements. Um, but through all that, they, they gain the wisdom to be able to just keep a cool mind in the midst of the, the austerity, really, that they were living in. Yeah, they were just like sleeping on hard grounds, um, you know, being in the wild where there's insects and scorpion bites and all that kind of stuff. But not just, but not getting rattled by it, basically. They can just be peaceful and learn how to accept uh, what is going on. And that's kind of like, we get challenges like that as we're meditating. Oh, we'll be sitting down and oh, it's too noisy. And then our minds will start to complain. And that's like a mind that's just being rattled. Yeah. Whereas if you have a mind like Ajahn Chah, uh, he could be sitting in here and there's all this noise. But he'll be like, oh yeah, it's just noise. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to have that kind of cool way of just looking at things on a hot day like today. <laughs> And I think that's a good start. It's a good start to uh, developing the mind. And um, yeah, and from the from living in the forest and just Arjun Chah living in the forest and just like eating unnutritious food and getting sick and you know, you're not able to control your diet or you're not able to go see the doctor. You know, they were tough. They didn't see the doctor. And they were just like, allow things to just change by themselves. And through that kind of way of living, um, I think they learned how to view things as good enough. Yeah, like, this is good enough. And having that kind of thought and that attitude, uh, this is good enough, led to a mind which became content and peaceful. Yeah. So like these little things, like, we have to kind of direct our minds and they have a certain result. Yeah. And I can I can teach you how to get really bad meditation. <laughs> Just sit there and complain. Yeah. <laughs> this is this this equals bad meditation. <laughs> and then if you do it the right way, it equals good meditation. So you just gotta yeah. <laughs> just kinda try things out a little bit. And reflect and just see your own personal growth and see what works and just continue on the path.
that's my talk for tonight. So we're just getting ourselves into a really comfortable position.
and just allow your mind to just sit quietly just allow the act of meditation to allow the activities of the mind to dissolve when you close your eyes you can have that sense of or you can experience that that um that peace and that quietness arising quite quickly and you will probably get some distracting thoughts uh, but that's just normal just sit with it be peaceful have the attitude of this is good enough and when you're cool and when you're calm to the activities in the mind this attitude will lead to the mind settling down it's this um, attitude of when you're meditating you understand meditating meditation is a time where you do not have to do anything there's a time where you don't have any responsibilities is a time where you don't have to figure out the problems that work gives you uh, meditation is a time not to think about the condition of your house or the mortgages you have to pay off meditation isn't a time for those kinds of things meditation is a time where we are giving up our worldly lives for 30 minutes is a time where we do not have to think about it you can give yourself that holiday for the next 30 minutes
and you're just experiencing your mind and this and and you don't need to get involved in whatever is happening in your mind if you know what I mean you can just let it go detach from it give yourself that that sense of freedom by detaching from your responsibilities You can just look at the meditation as a time where you, uh, you have no responsibilities. You're giving yourself that, that free space to, to just, in a sense, be, be free from your from your everyday everyday lives and the way you think and the, the things that you have to think about just see if you can just yeah just pull away from all of that and just be with a mind that can just start to empty itself out empty itself out because it's giving itself a space of 30 minutes where one doesn't have to 
be responsible or think about anything. So when you can release yourself from your thinking mind, then you can start to see that the mind automatically dwells or stays in the present moment. just by the act of giving yourself this freedom for the next half an hour takes away a lot of the thinking mind so one can start to just live 
in the present moment live where they can see that the mind is becoming silent or more quieter
So if you start to feel or experience that your mind is more in the moment, that there isn't so many distracting thoughts and you can see that there is actually the mind is becoming spacious you can see a little bit more clearer your mind isn't so muddled so what you can do if you would like is to just pay attention to your breath and you will find that once the mind has settled down it's a lot easier for one to watch the breath and it's actually quite a calming thing to do a peaceful thing to do such a simple object like the breath which is very easy it doesn't take too much effort it doesn't take too much thinking all you gotta do is to watch the breath
So just take a few moments and reflect on the benefits, the niceness, the goodness that you got from your meditation experience. And just use that as a, as a, uh, as a help for you to continue on with the meditation practice. So just spend some time and enjoy the fruits of your of your efforts. And then I will ring the gong.
Any questions or comments? No? Is it, how was the meditation? Once you get once you get better, you can kind of bring up the um, like the mood of the meditation. Yeah, it's like a mood where when you're going into your meditation practice, it sort of creates like a quiet, quiet and you know peaceful vibe in your own mind when you're meditating. So yeah, you know, after a while, you kind of learn how to develop that mood yeah, of meditation. Okay, so if there's no questions, we can finish up. Do you have a good evening? Okay, very good. Thumbs up. <laughs>